scared me. Mm-hmm. And I was like, um, so my brother was coming the next day, so I said, I'll go back with him because he'll protect me. <laughs> <laughs> Well, he's a big guy. Right, and it, right. The, the best thing, it's like <clears throat> when we were younger, I, um, my friend came from Europe to visit, and we went to SeaWorld. And um, it it was one of those strange things that all of the shows came out at the same time, and they were all converging, and we had just got there, and we were like in the middle, and my brother just pulled us both out, you know they have like little gardens and stuff like that. He yeah, pulled yeah, us yeah. onto one of the gardens where there's like stones where we wouldn't hurt any flowers, and kind of just pulled us both out of the way so we wouldn't get trampled by all these people leaving these shows. It was like that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. When I went to WorldCon, it was uh, it's one of the the bigger uh, cons, and they. They do have that uh, kind of fan convention as well as writing convention mix. So that you, there were some people that were in cosplay as well as, you know, the people that are there solely for the writing track to learn the art and craft of writing. Uh, but there were definitely moments that it was that thick press of people, which was kind of odd because uh, at the time in Chicago, they still had the mask mandate, and so it's you know we we've been hearing six feet apart, six feet apart, but everyone's just shoulder to shoulder, got their masks on. Yeah, we're good. Not worried about it. Okay, um, but that was yeah something I loved when I got to Superstars uh, just this past week that it was much smaller. So even when we had everyone that was there at the convention, it was under. I think it was just over 300 people that were attending. Um, so we didn't even fill up the entire convention hall. And um, we were able to, you know, sit and enjoy the, you know, whoever the speaker was, you know, Kevin J. Anderson or James Artemis Owen um, or whoever it was uh, without that cramped shoulder-to-shoulder feeling. So it, it felt more like, like family, uh, which was really great. Yeah, yeah, and it's funny because all my friends who've gone to cons have gotten COVID. You know, the big yep. cons. All my yep. friends, every single person has gotten COVID from one of those big cons. And mm-hmm. I was like, I don't think I'll be going to a con until there's, you know, more people have the shot and stuff. Sure, sure, yeah. But I just, yeah, I, it, I'm not, I, I get kind of claustrophobic anyway, so. Sure. I like little conventions, like you were talking about. Yep. 300 people. That's yep. good. I, cause yeah, I thought I, to writing seminar that was like, oh, God, it was heavenly. It was like 30 people. It was perfect. Mm. Uh, there was five lectures, 30 people that were there for it. You mm-hmm. you were one on one with all the teachers. It was heavenly. Fantastic. Yeah, it's like the perfect one, as far as I'm concerned, because I get, I get right. that I get claustrophobic. <laughs> mhm. But yeah. um But three hundred's great. I mean, because I I mean I'm sure there was a lot of lectures at that. Well, there was it. It was one of those things where I wanted to clone myself. So I could attend multiple things at the same time. Oh yeah. Uh, but uh, I was there. Uh, I had several friends that were there uh, from my writing group I'm in, and so we always shared notes when we were at uh, different lectures. We'd come back together and be like, "Okay, what did you learn? Oh, well, here's what I learned." And so that was helpful. That's cool. Yeah. It's like school. It's like college. When uh-huh. you were in college, you, and you shared your notes. Uh, you know, you had. Yep. I forgot what they called it. It's been a long time since I was at university. Um, but uh, there was a name for it when you, you, there's like a group of people that got together to share your notes. But I can't remember what it is. Like a study group. It's a study group, but they they had a, a, a specific name because you, it, for the note sharing thing. Mm. But I can't remember what it was. 
Like I said, it's a long, 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 long time ago. <laughs> But, um, yeah, that's what it reminds me of, you know, what you guys were doing. It's like mm-hmm. getting together, eating, and sharing nuts. Yep. Yep. <laughs> Is that what you were doing? Were you eating and sharing it, nuts? It, it was, yeah. It was uh, pretty cool. Um, so I started in the all the writing stuff, I, I guess, you know, really digging into trying to get published uh, right before – the pandemic hit. So I started doing everything online. I'd never gone to a convention, never had met a writing group in person. Um, so I started out uh, in the Writers of the Future forum on their website. And from there, I found Wolf Moon's Wolfpack Writers. Mm-hmm. And so I've been in the Wolfpack for a while now and interacting with the, all these people you know, digitally and had never met any of them. And then I got to go to Superstars because I won the inaugural Dave Farland uh, writing endowment. And so that paid for my trip out there. I was able to go and a whole bunch of other Wolfpack were there as well. So I got to meet all these people that I've been talking to for over a year now. And it was like we were family. So it was like, all right, we're all going to get together, have dinner, you know, chat, compare notes. You know, at one point we had a game night where we were um, playing Dungeons and Dragons, which I was horrible at, uh, but we had a lot of fun. Um, And so, yeah, it was, like you said, that close-knit ability to just get together, learn from each other, and, um, you know, connect with the writing community. I think it's fun. It's also really Uh cool. Well, writers are solitary people. So when we get to meet each other, it's always good. <laughs> yep. Well, because we get to realize that, oh, there's other people who love the same geeky stuff that I do. Yay! Yes, exactly. Oh, yeah. Um, and you kind of find that out other things, like like uh, book fairs and, 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 uh-huh. and conventions and stuff like that. Uh-huh. But, you know, I've been going to conventions since I was a teenager. Um. Uh-huh. So I understand the but the writing seminars or um I'm also an actor so acting seminars mm-hmm. and stuff like right. that's so much fun because you don't get really to meet people on equal level. Right. And that's what those are. Everybody even the lecturers and people they're all on equal mm-hmm. level when you're at one of those and that's really nice. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it was really nice getting a chance to just sit down and chat with people who are actually pretty big in the industry. I, I had uh, lunch with Kevin J. Anderson. And mm, I love Kevin. Kevin's oh, really a nice Kevin. man. He is. He really is. Yeah, I know him, actually. I met him. I, um, he, was on, he was on my show, but I also met him in person. He's really a nice man. Uh-huh. Um. I think um, it's really interesting when you meet people like Kevin because he's very down to earth. Yes, very much so. Um, yeah, and the other one, I only met him very briefly, but uh, Dean Wesley Smith. I'm looking forward to spending more time with him uh, when I get to Writers of the Future in April. Yeah, that would be cool. That would be fun. Yeah, because he, he seems like just that like you said, down-to-earth kind of person, tell you like it is, tell it to you like it is, and um, have a genuine conversation about writing, life, the universe, and everything. Well, the first writer I ever met was Ray Bradbury in person. Oh, Um, He was at my college. Um, He was there for a lecture. (laughs) He was supposed to be talking about his new book, but instead he felt like talking about dinosaurs. We spent an hour talking about dinosaurs. Okay. It was okay. it was adorable. It was so funny. It was so <laughs> cute. So afterwards, um, I caught him on stairs as he was leaving, and I asked him to sign my school newspaper, and um, huh? he did. And we were chatting, and he said, "So, what is your major?" And I said, uh, "Theater." <laughs> Because I, uh, I I I I also was taking writing classes, but that wasn't my major. Mm-hmm. 
and he says, oh, that's cool. And I said, yeah, I'm also taking writing classes. He goes, oh, that's really good. Good girl. He goes, have two. Mm. Always have two. Always have a choice. He was very nice sure. and very friendly. Sure. Yep. So, yeah. yeah it's, it's always good to have a, a, a backup plan for when your primary plan, you know, work out or, you know, it, it's run its course. Uh, I just retired from the Army uh, this past July. So I did 20 years. I decided 20 years, I'm done. Uh, then I had to figure out what I wanted to be when I grew up. <laughs> I, I thought I already made this decision. I went in the Army. Uh, but, yeah, that's um, kind of when I did the mental shift of I need to get this writing thing in gear, and it's really taken off. Do you know that not only your body changes every seven years, your your whole self changes every seven years? So you're going to have to make this, these decisions a lot in your lifetime. Oh, man. I'm sorry to upset you and throw you off your base, but that's the way it is. You're going to be changing. Yep. And because you, it's not just your body and in, in your, your, your feelings. Your, your whole perspective will change as you get older because you gain knowledge. And when you gain knowledge, That's your perspective true. changes. <laughs> yep. And, and you know, even outside of yourself, the only constant in life is change. Mm -hmm. um, you know, other people change too, even when we don't want them to, or the world around us or whatever is, you know, learning to be resilient and just rolling with the punches uh, is definitely a big part of life. Oh, yeah. So... Afraid you're gonna have a few more of those ahead of you, David. Then I'm, I, I'm, I'm sorry sure. to break that to you. <laughs> yeah, I'll survive. <laughs> um. So, one of the things I like to ask authors first, I want to find out about most authors or readers. What do you like to read? Mm -hmm. Um, I like to read primarily light-hearted uh, science fiction and fantasy. Um, I like things that make me smile. I I do enjoy the, the more serious stuff, but it's not the kind of thing that I would read over and over and over again. Um, so, like Terry Pratchett's Discworld, that I've gone through that series multiple times, both reading it and um, listening to the audiobooks of it. Absolutely love that style of writing. Um, the the lighthearted uh, that still tackles you know, serious issues, and um, you know, growing up, I read a lot of the the big names from the '80s and '90s, like Terry Brooks and Douglas Adams, David Weber, uh, Jim Butcher, and so that that's the kind of stuff that fed into my writing, and uh, still, I'm I'm reading a lot of. Um, uh, fantasy and science fiction actually switched over uh, once I found out I won Writers of the Future and uh, I started reading stories by the judges because I thought I'm about to meet these people I need to make sure I've read something that they've written that's, uh, that's, so that's a good thing that's actually very yep. good yep so one I just finished was uh, by Dean Wesley Smith uh, Poker Boy the Slots of Saturn, which was a delightful romp through Las Vegas. <laughs> Just cheeky, lighthearted, you know, adventure, mystery, a little bit of superhero stuff. I was like, hey, this is my kind of book. <laughs> so definitely going to be picking up the next one. My, um, my favorite of that kind of fantasy is Job by Robert Heinlein. That is one of the funniest uh -huh. books I've ever read. It's so funny. It's just, I, I have not read that oh one, but you're my. the second person in a week to recommend it to me. It is so good. So, really. I definitely need to read that one. I, you, you, it's like, it's the great beach book, you know, like it's for summer uh -huh. when you're out, you know, or, or, or you're at, um, you're away at a cabin or something or, and you want yep. a, a, something light to read, or you're in a lake, 
little bit of escapism. Yeah. It's it's so funny. Yeah. And it's 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 wicked humor. It's just it's right, right up my street. <laughs> yep. Yep. What about do you like um fantasy time travel, like something like somewhere in time, that kind of a thing? Uh, I have definitely read some of those. Um trying to remember uh the name of it. There is some that I think were by Robert Asper and it was I think Thief in Time or something like that. Um my bookshelf is in the other room so I can't go take a look at it. But yeah, I've I've enjoyed those time travel ones where they're, you know, bouncing back to the, the past and future and uh running into problems that they've created through butterfly effect or whatever. Um yeah, those are definitely enjoyable. I love time travel. I think it's one of my favorite genres of science fiction and fantasy. Mm-hmm. I mean, because, you know, there are science fiction time travel stories, and then there's fantasy time travel. Uh, uh, uh-huh. The time machine, I think, would be more science fiction, and somewhere in time is more sure. of a fantasy. But it's the same thing. You're still traveling in time. <laughs> right. Right. I love both of them. In fact, um, I got a a new copy of the time machine um, there's nothing wrong with the copy I have it's just re- really old and sure. um, I got a pretty cover <laughs> <laughs> I like you getting like pretty, pretty covers. covers I do yeah. I also got um, I got the Great Gatsby and I have a beautiful vintage hardback of it but it's just mm-hmm. really plain it has no cover it has no jacket huh. So I got a new one with this gorgeous cover. <laughs> I like getting a pretty cover. <laughs> uh-huh. I'm not getting rid of the old one. I'm, I love them. Of course they, not. They're mine. Yeah. yeah. But I don't think there's anything wrong with having more than one edition of a book. Do you have any books that you have more than one edition of? Um, You know, I used to, but... Uh, being in the army, I moved every couple of years, and books are heavy. And so we had weight limits of what we're allowed to move, and I had to limit my library a couple of times. So um, there, there are some books that I've definitely regretted getting rid of. Um, my library is probably half the size of what it was at its max. Um, but now that I've retired, settled down, I've noticed that my library is slowly expanding again. I just think it's uh, nice to have more than one edition. It is. It is. I, I mean, it's not a necessity, of course. I'm just... No. If you're a reader, you like that. And especially if you're a collector yeah. and a reader. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um... Do you so you don't collect because you were traveling all the time? Have you started collecting now? Yeah, uh, I I do have some that I've collected, um, but like some antique books. I have a a six book set of uh, Thousand and One Arabian Nights that is dated eighteen ninety six, I think. Cool. Uh, yeah, I we found that one in this little. Hole in the Wall uh, bookshop in London, and it was actually kind of a funny story. With that, we, my wife and I, walk into this bookshop that you can just smell the old books as you're walking in. It. Oh, Fantastic. I love that! And oh. and we're looking around, and we find this six book set, and it was relatively inexpensive. I think maybe a hundred pounds, and we're like, yes, we want to buy these, but we don't have room in our carry-on bags, can we pay for you to mail them to us? We lived in Germany at the time. And they said, oh yeah, we can mail them to you in Germany, no problem. So, we get back home, about a week passes, and we get this call from the German's customs office saying, you need to come down to the office. Uh uh Uh-oh, what do we do? So, we go down to the office and they show us this package that I kid you not looks, it's all Padded and soft and rounded, and it's it looks like a key of cocaine that you see in the movies. 
They're like, this came in the mail for you. We need you to open it. We're like, oh, no, no, it's books. It's books, really. We open it, see, what books. They're like, oh, you may go, thank you. <laughs> well, I can understand why if it was done in the... Uh, some, oh, yeah, I mean, it was really well packaged. 18, you said 1890? Yeah, I would well package that, too, with a lot of stuff in there to make sure it's soft. <laughs> uh-huh. Uh-huh. I mean, I understand why they were scared because of what it could be. Yes. Yes. <laughs> and I understand why they made you open it. <laughs> uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, it's only a book, really. It's only a book. It won't yep. hurt anybody. <laughs> But yeah, that is funny. Aw. So they apologized? No, they just said, you okay, thank you. You can go now. Oh. They should have apologized. Eh. At, uh, living in Germany for about 10 years, uh, we learned that when they're talking business, the Germans are very direct and um, it, Americans feel like it, it's a very cold uh perspective, but it's just when they're talking business, they're business. When they're not talking business, oh yeah, they'll let loose, have lots of fun. I'm sure you've seen pictures of Oktoberfest. <laughs> but um, yeah, they, they're very good at business is business, and playtime is playtime. Keep the two separate. So yeah, I wasn't worried about it. Okay. All right. Now, one of my best friends is a German person, and you know, she's nice and funny and Lovely and uh-huh. wonderful. So, I can't imagine her like that. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, we um, we were in Germany for a total of ten years. Uh, moving, we we lived on the French border in Heidelberg, close to, and then we lived in Wiesbaden, close to Frankfurt, and then over close to the Polish border because the army moved me every couple of years. Uh, but really, really enjoyed our chance to just delve into the European culture. When my brother was stationed in Germany, he went to France. Did you go to other countries and you know, oh, yeah. were in Europe? Yeah, we we traveled um, when we first got there almost every weekend that we were able to. Uh, so we we hit enough of the major tourist sites that uh, in our last couple of years we were looking to see okay where can we go that we haven't been yet and like we ended up taking a road trip from Germany across uh, the French countryside for about a week Uh, my wife had found this place uh, uh, tree house hotel I don't know if you've heard of these I've heard of it it's really cool I've seen the pictures yeah it was these tree houses that were built to look like French castles. And so we stayed for two nights in this treehouse hotel that looked like a castle with turrets on it, and it had a you know hot tub 20 feet above the ground. Like, this is fantastic. We paid for it, but it was fantastic. Um, and then we drove back across the French countryside, probably one of our best vacations we had. Cool. Yeah, I just... I love going to places I've never been. So much fun. Mm-hmm. I, I, yep. I, and then when you go someplace that you've read a lot about and you have you have book or movie expectations, sure. How do you? How did you relate when you did that? Because I remember going to Bath, mm-hmm. and I I read a lot about Bath and Jane Austen and Agatha right. Christie. So that I was kind of expecting a small hamlet with really beautiful Regency architecture. My right. God, Bath is about the size of the San Fernando Valley. It's huge. Uh-huh. <laughs> yep. I was shocked. That's what I'm talking about. Did you have any like surprises going to some place you hadn't we, been? We had some. Um, some of it was, you know, you we still had that uh, whatever it was we ex- expected. We actually saw it like we'd go to the Roman Colosseum and, hey, it was Roman Colosseum. It looked exactly like the pictures look like. Um, but uh, I remember going to the um, to Stonehenge in England, mm-hmm. 
and I was expecting these stones out in the field all by itself, you know, picturesque background. There is a freeway mm-hmm. that, like, uh, semi trucks rumbling past Stonehenge. I'm like, this is not quite what I expected. But I, hey, I can get a picture, you know, angle my camera so I'm not getting a, a semi truck so it can look like I'm just out in the field by myself. That, well, actually, if you go to a certain part of Stonehenge, you, it, it looks like the pictures. Um, yes, yes. You, you can tell that, oh, they're all taken from this angle because they have to get the freeway out of the way. And the village. There's a village right there. Yes. Yep. Yeah, because I actually took pictures of one of the houses in the village because it has one of the most fascinating things. They had little plaques all over it telling about the whole history of the family who lives there. Uh-huh. And this is just walking from uh, the tour bus to Stonehenge. And I was like, oh, look at that. And a bunch of us went over and were starting, I'm like, I hope we don't disturb the family. But we didn't go, no, right. we stayed outside the gates. We weren't trespassing yep. or anything. But all the stuff was right there. All these plaques were uh-huh. right outside the gate. It's like, must have, they must have thought, well, they're curious, so we'll put it outside so they don't bother us. <laughs> yeah. That makes sense. Uh, but, yeah, I, I actually, I I was looking for a picture of, um, of that that house for um, one of my friends, and I, I go, I, I found the pictures of the plaques. I go, oh, I forgot I took those. Uh-huh. <laughs> but yeah, whole history of the family that's right outside the family home. <laughs> Which I think is very bright. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because then they don't have people knocking on their door. Uh, did you go to Salisbury? Because it's right uh, I did not. I did not make it there. Oh, they um, have the coolest church with like the oldest clock in the world. And it has this. It's like a. Huh. It's like a. Um, I forgot Lovelace, the scientist, the woman scientist. She's brilliant. Uh-huh. She 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 was one of the people who built this clock, and it's just it's extraordinary. Yeah. I love. Yeah, stuff it, like it's that. amazing the the like the architecture and the the history that you get um, traveling through Europe. Yeah, I, I I was so excited when I was there because, you know, America's such a young country, and uh-huh. we really don't have the kind of history that they have in Europe. Right. So when you're going someplace like like France or or. Mm-hmm. England or Scotland or any any of you know any of the countries that just rolling in history. Um, mm-hmm. It's like oh my god, I'm stepping where a Roman stepped. <laughs> right. Oh yeah. Excited. We uh, when we went to the Colosseum, we went on a little tour, and they said, and this is the spot where Caesar gave his speech. You know, friends, Romans, countrymen. We're Let me hear like, yours. Wait, what? <laughs> Caesar stood here 2,000 years ago? Wow. Yeah, it's a, oh my gosh. Yeah, the yeah. best we can do is like George Washington and or, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. and that's not even 300 years. Yeah, it was uh, one house that we lived in, the house itself, or uh, apartment really, uh, was built in the mid-1600s. And the foundation itself, they didn't even know how old the foundation was because the entire village was burned down in the Thirty Years' War. And and so they're, they're like, yep, the uh, apartment is 400 years old. You know, this bit of flooring is original uh, from when it was first built. You know, this bit of flooring over here, that's that's the new stuff. That was only put in 120 years ago. It's like, oh, only. <laughs> only 120 okay. years ago, yeah. Only 120 years ago. Yeah. <laughs> that, that's just really funny. Gosh. I, I think that's part of the fun of traveling. It is. It is. And that was one reason we lo- loved living in Europe, uh, just, you know, learning all of that. And that that history that um, really into my stories as I started 
uh, telling stories and started writing stuff down, which might be one reason why I tend to uh, go toward fantasy. Because, you know, I'd drive to work and I'd go past two uh, tumble-down castles every day. It was just normal. Yeah, and it's like you want to sort of, like, rebuild it in your head. Mm-hmm. 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 I understand or, that. or, you know, in my head go back and go, okay, what happened to that castle? Was it a dragon? Is that what tore down that wall? Hmm. The dragon that looks like your cat. Right. The dragon that looks like my cat. (laughs) So, how did you find out about Writers of the Future? Uh, Well, I started out writing... um, My storytelling started in the oral tradition of trying to convince my daughter to go to sleep, which always backfired. So, I started telling her these stories... And they morphed into this long storyline that she started uh, nitpicking me at, going, oh, wait, you didn't, last night you said his name was blah, 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 blah. And uh, so I started writing it all down to keep my storyline straight. That turned into two and a half novels that I started uh, querying, which went absolutely nowhere. Like only a quarter of the agents actually uh, responded. And so I thought, well, it must be because I don't have any credits to my name. So I'm going to find a writing contest, and I'm going to submit, and, you know, maybe I'll place somewhere, and I'll have something to put to my name. So I go to Google, and first thing that pops up is Writers of the Future. Never heard of it before, but I looked at it, went, ooh, good prize money. Sure, I'll write a story for that. And then, ooh, hey, they have an online writing uh, class, uh, a course that's self-paced videos and you know stuff to read and writing assignments and all that. And I was like, oh, well, this is great. This is what I've been looking for. And so I go through all of that. I write my first short story ever, and I submit it. Well, it takes a couple months for the stuff to come back. And in that time, I found the Writers of the Future forum uh, and also found Wolf Moon had his or still does have his super secrets thread inside the forum. So I found that, started digging into it, um, really enjoying getting into the writing community. And my, that first short story I submitted came back as an honorable mention. And I went, hey, I can actually do this. And I was hooked. <laughs> so uh, that was about two years ago. I submitted a total of five times writers of the future and my fifth one uh was my winner and um how'd you find out you won uh so i was sitting on my couch and uh watching tv playing on my phone and that because it takes so long to find out the results people get antsy and so we're on the forum we're sharing sarcastic memes and you know, jokes and comments, whatever, about, oh, man, I can't believe it's taking so long. You know, maybe the calls are going out. Who knows? I just posted something nicely sarcastic, and my phone rings. Unknown number, and I go, oh, no. No, no, no. You know, compose myself. Hello, this is David. Hi, this is Joni from Writers of the Future. I may have shrieked a little bit. Um... (laughs) My apologies to Joni's ear, but, yep, she told me I was a finalist, and then I had to go silent for, you know, until they made the decision on the winners. And so that was possibly the hardest two weeks of my life, as I knew that I was at least a finalist, and everyone's going, oh, I don't know if the calls have gone out yet. I'm like, yep calls have gone out. Um, I wonder, you know, who won? I'm like, me too. <laughs> and then she called uh, a couple weeks later. And this time the phone number actually came up as Hollywood. So I was like, oh, oh, I know what this one is. And uh, she 
said that I got third place. And uh, Jody Lynn Nye apparently had told her that she was very excited that a humor story was able to uh, win in Writers of the Future. And I was very excited about that, too. <laughs> I'm rather proud of this little humor story. That's great. That's great. Well, your story reminds me. That was the first time I ever got cast into a play. I was a teenager. And they uh-huh. called me to tell me that, you know, I've been cast in the play. And I did not have the composure you did. I started screaming. <laughs> Uh-huh. I, was, I mean, I was only 15. No, I was 16. I was 16. So, um, it's excusable. <laughs> but uh-huh. I was like, oh, my God! <laughs> <laughs> yes, I I maintained most of my composure. My hands were definitely shaking as I was talking. My hands are shaking now, even as I'm remembering. I was like, oh, yeah, yeah. That was definitely uh, an exciting, exciting moment. Yeah, it's just, when I was in high school, I never got cast in a, a part, uh-huh. in a, I mean, I got, like, maybe I would be a maid saying, dinner is served, that's about the best I got. Right, So, right. when I got Bit cast part. in a real part where I had lines and a solo song in a musical, mm-hmm. that was like, that's why I started screaming. <laughs> Mhm. I just it's just it's the difference is to a kid that couldn't get a part at school and you get you go for a community theater and you go for a part and you get it on your talent. Yep. It's astronomical. So, yeah, I think I broke the poor man's earplug. Mhm. <laughs> <laughs> But, but yeah, I can relate. That was like, it's so amazing when you get something like that. So, yeah. are you excited about going to the um, the banquet and all that? I am overjoyed. I, I'm really, I'm more excited about the writing seminar itself. Uh, the, the week of just in depth learning with Jody Lynn Nye and Dean Wesley Smith and uh, I think. I think Orson Scott Card is part of it this year. I'm not sure. But regardless, the, the folks that are running it, I'm really looking forward to diving into all of that. And then, of course, the gala uh, and everything that goes with that. My wife and daughter are going to be flying in for the gala, and so that's going to be really special um, having them be a part of it. Oh, did, are they going to get nice formal dresses? Are you going to pop for that? <laughs> oh, they they have the nice formal dresses already. Um, they actually, it's in the army. We do formal events fairly regularly, so uh, that part of it isn't new to us. Um, and and so the it, it's just exciting that this this particular formal event is something that I will be. Uh, actually participating in as opposed to someone that is working the event. And you earned it. Say that again? I said you earned it. Oh, and I earned it. Yes. Yes. So, that's that's a big deal. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, what's the name of your book and which uh, book of uh, Writers of the Future is it going to be in? Can you give the whole title so my, if you have it? Yep. So, my uh, story is Death and the Taxman, and it's going to be in L. Ron Hubbard's Writers of the Future, Volume 39. Cool. And you do know you're going to have an autograph session for a whole bunch of books, so get your hand in shape. Yes, I just bought a rollerball pen today for that because I was doing uh, autographs. Uh, I was in or am in an anthology called Murder Birds that is um, coming out relatively soon, and we did a signing of it for people that paid for that uh, in the Kickstarter. And I 
did not have the right pen for that. And I, it turned out I was the person slowing down everyone as they were signing everything because my pen was too slow across the paper. And Wolf Moon looked at me and said, you need to get a better pen because you're going to Writers of the Future and you're going to be signing a lot. Like, okay, I will go get a better pen. Yeah. It's important. It's important. Yeah. Yes. I used my, uh, my cross pen that my my parents gave me when I graduated college. I still have it. <laughs> nice. That's what I use. If I ha- if I remember it. Sometimes like I I forget to bring a pen and I have to take whatever pen somebody hands me. <laughs> sure. Yep. Yep. Um, it's kind of funny. Um cuz I remember I was at a um a book fair and um I wasn't really expecting to sign books. Uh, because I I was I didn't have a table and I wasn't doing that kind of thing, and but a couple of people that I, I was friends with a couple of people at a couple of tables and they had my book, and so huh. they asked me to sign the book so when people buy it they'll have my signature pre-sign it. Right, right. So I did that, and it was like, but I don't have a pen. <laughs> I don't have my mm. lost pen, and they said, oh, don't worry, here. Here, here's our pen. Um, I, 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 it, pre is interesting. I have, I have interesting feelings about that. I, I mean, it's great because people get very excited when they get an autograph book. Yes. But my most precious books like that are the ones where I was there when the writer signed it. Yes. Well, especially if they give uh, a little note that personalizes it. Yeah, like like Ray Bradbury. Right, and he signed he signed a book too because I saw him at a convention after the college thing, and he remembered me. <laughs> oh, very nice. Yeah, I saw him, I saw him three times. I feel very honored that I got to do that. The first time was at college. Second time was at I think it was WorldCon, and the third not WorldCon. It's the one that's in LA. It's a big huge convention. I can't remember what they called it. Mm. And then the third time was at another convention, and the third time I said, "I said hi, Ray," and he goes, "Hi, how are you?" And we talked for a minute, and I said, "You know, my dad isn't well. Would you mind signing a book to him?" And he goes, "And he want me to sign one for you too?" I go, "Yeah, this one." <laughs> he had two different books, and I had <laughs> both of them in my hand, but I was in hold. I was holding the book for my father out. I was holding my book just close to mm-hmm. me, and he recognized the back cover, uh, Right. and he says, and you want me to sign yours too, I said, yeah, but we're not supposed to ask you that, just give me the book, uh-huh. <laughs> he was just a really nice man, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's what I've heard, but yeah, that's, those, those books are precious, um, you mm-hmm. know, and especially since he's gone, yep, yeah, so, yeah, when you meet people, and you have them sign them in person, and they put a little note to you. That's like, mm-hmm. that's like heaven. It is. Yep. Yeah, it's really cool when that happens. Especially. Especially after they pass away. I'm sorry. I just especially after they pass away. Yep. Yeah. One of the people I met uh, at Superstars was James Artemis Owen, and I didn't know this at the time, but. Whenever he signs a book, he draws a dragon in it. Aww. And like a full pa- full page dragon in every single book. So I, I bring up the book. I'm like, hey, could you sign this? He said, yep, give it to me. Go to this session. Come back. You know, I'll have it when you come back. And I come back, and sure enough, there's a dragon right there in the front cover. That's really nice. That's really yeah. cool. And also really talented that he does that for every single oh, person. Oh, yeah, yeah. James Artemis Owen is both an, a very talented author and artist. And um, uh, from what I can tell, he might be one of the few who has uh, illustrated his own books uh, that have been published traditionally. Yeah, that's... That is unusual because usually there are people that do that are separate. They're hired. Right. Yeah. Right. But I think uh, you know this, he was telling the story of how this happened. 
and uh, he got his start in comic books. And so his art was already known, and he convinced them, uh, the publisher, on his first novel to let him do the cover art. And when he went to his first signing, there were people there that, you know, this, he already had this huge fan base. We're like, oh, yeah, I, I'm here because, you know, I saw the cover and I knew that that was a James uh, Artemis Owen book. And so I, I had to get five copies to get him to sign it. The <laughs> oh, publisher wow. looked over and he's like, well, man, I'm really glad we let you uh, do your own art. <laughs> Yeah, five copies. Each person bought five copies. Yeah, I would be a right. happy publisher right. too. <laughs> yep. So. Yeah. We're coming to the end. Do you have any uh -huh. kind of uh, things uh, coming up that you want to tell the audience about? Uh, that you're going to at conventions or uh, local fairs or something like that that you want them to know about? Uh no. Uh, conventions or fairs that I'll be at. Um, I don't have enough vacation days in my new job to uh, do too many uh, conventions this year, and so my time will be taken up with Superstars, which I just got back from, and Writers of the Future. Um, however, if uh, people want to find me, they can find me at my website, which is davidhankins.com, H-A-N-K-I-N-S, and there I've got links to all of my published stories, a little bit about me. I've got a monthly newsletter I put out um, talking about writing news, fun facts, and you know, uh, writing resources uh, for my fellow authors, as well as for reading resources for people that just like fun stories. And uh, yeah, so people want to find me, learn more, they can find me at my website. Cool. And uh do you have anything on social media? Uh, Instagram, uh, Facebook. Twitter? I am on. I'm on Facebook at David Hankins author. Um, at, at Twitter, underscore David Hankins, and then Instagram underscore David Hankins. Okay. Um, that's all. I want to thank you very much for uh, chatting with me. Well, thank you very much. It was a very fun chat. Thank you. And thank you for chatting with Sherry.